Welcome to They Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 250, Hellraiser. Original recipe or new edition podcast? <laughs> this one didn't have a tagline, so I had to make up my own. Because I'm tired I of the crickets one. I thought you were going to ask one. if we were going to be like extra crispy. If we had crispy. the meats? Oh. No, because remember, it was, do you, we have the meats. Do we have the We have the meats. We have the meats from last one. Hi, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. How are you, Carnage? I'm fine. Oh, dear. My phone just stopped working, so I need to go get a new phone. Um, this happened, what, seconds before we started podcasting? Yes, it did. Seconds so, before we started podcasting. life can't be hard enough this year, because this is not my year, guys. This is the year of carnage. <laughs> but they did total out my car, so I have a new car, so. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I mean, I guess that it's over. It's good. It's, oh, well, it's over with. Yeah. I already got a payout and everything, so I'm done. You didn't stock your car after you, it was totaled, did you? I might have. Shut up. Oh, my God. So before they totaled it, my car had been at the body shop for three weeks, and I told uh, Chaos that I was, I was talking on phone with Chaos, and I'm like, what are you, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm at the car repair shop just looking at my car, because I thought she was lonely, maybe. You know, she's there all by herself, and no one to sing her to go to sleep, and No one sang thing. her to sleep before. You don't know what I do in my own car. You shut up. Yeah, poor Vanessa, though. Rest in peace, Vanessa. Like, my Jeep. Rest in peace, Vanessa the Jeep. You will be missed. <laughs> How is your week going? Oh, fine. It was fine. Just fine, too? Yeah. Anything new and exciting going on in your world? Um, I'm, well, I'm doing this UX design class now. That's, that's fun and exciting. What is that exactly again? It's through Google. It's a certificate program. You get a you get certified by Google that you're a UX designer. What's UX? UX is user now. experience. Okay. Design. That that is how the user interacts with a um, thing. With a thing. Yeah. Anything. It's even it's people. Not, it's not. It's anything that can be designed. It's oh, okay. the design. We're not. We don't design people. You could. You don't know. You could design like a chair or an app or a website. Or... We watched Mithrigan, and you can design people. <laughs> that is designing a robot. That is not designing it. a person. She's people. Shut up. She's like one of the family. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Speaking of Mithrigan, hmm. the uncut version is out now on Peacock. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. It. You know I want to watch that. Nice. Yes. You know what? I'm watching with Mama Chaos tonight. That Mama Carnage tonight. I'll watch it with you too, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, since we don't have a whole lot going on this week, should we just get into this one? You want to tell me who we are and what we do? Yeah, sure. We are the Mostly Podcast at Night. Mostly. We are two best friends of 25 years who bicker and banter our way through a different horror movie each week. We take turns picking the flicks so you don't have to. Did a little brain freeze there, Carnage? Shut up, yep. <laughs> I got brain freeze real bad yesterday. Um, it's lingering. Uh, it's because of me. It's lingering. 
Um, we have hashtag friendship goals. Our ha- our friendship lives in the hashtag Mariana's Trench of Hates, where we MMA style duke it out in our very own octagon when we don't see eye to eye on movies. Ding ding ding! That's the bell. That's always every week. It's not every week. It's it's most most mostly mostly yes. <laughs> I don't know. We should make a listener poll. What do you think, listeners? Do we fight that much? Yes. Is that what our listeners sound like? No, you know, it's funny. We're fighting about fighting. No, we don't fight that much. Yes, we do fight that much. We're fighting about fighting. It's just hysterical. Okay, that is funny. Okay. Did you do the uh, warnings or no? No, warnings for spoilers ahead and expletives ahead. I'm just so eager to get into this one because, wow. Uh, yeah, we did Hellraiser, the 2022 version. It was an R rating. It was two hours, one minute long. And I got a 6.0 on the IMBD scale. What about that tomato meter? So glad that you asked because the tomato meter is sitting at a 66% critics consensus, a gift for long-suffering fans after numerous subpar sequels, David Bruckner's Hellraiser unlocks the puzzle box for getting this franchise back on the right track. Audience score, 58%. Audience says, the 2022 Hellraiser is better than a lot of the other films in the franchise, but it's still nowhere near as scary or exciting as the original. I don't think the original was that exciting and scary. Do you? No. It was gruesome. Yes. It wasn't scary. It was shocking. How bad it was. No, Shush. <laughs> Don't you say things like that. Do you want a little summary? Yes, oh, no, I would wait. love one of Carnage's. No, we do casting and summary. That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. We do the cast first. Do you want to do a little casting? Oh, which I got to say this real fast. Oh, so um, I work up the casting every week and I ask Cass, I'm like, do we have to do all everyone? Because there's a big fucking cast. Cass like, yeah, you got to do everyone. And then Chaos saw the list of names, and <laughs> Chaos had to look up the pronunciations for most of these names, and I just delighted in that. So. Well, the funny thing is that none of the Cenobites that I asked you to add, I could find pronunciations for, so it doesn't even matter. I would have had to find pronunciations for the other ones anyway. All right. Well, stuff still tickles me pink. <laughs> so Riley was Odessa Azion. Uh, she was in The Inhabitant, Good Girl... Uh, good girl Jane and am I okay? Colin was Adam Faison. He was in Everything's Gonna Be Okay, Yes Day, and Daphne and Velma. Trevor was Drew Starkey. He was in Love Simon, Outer Banks, and Mine Nine. Matt was Brandon Flynn. It's from 13 Reasons Why, Noise, and Looks That Kill. Nora was Aoife Hines. Uh, she was in Normal People. I loved her in Dairy Girls, and she was yes. in Anne Boleyn. The Priest was Jamie Clayton. She was in The Outworld Generation Q, Chain of Death, and The Snowman. The Chatterer was Jason Lyles. He was in After Us, The Rampage, and Death Note. The Oh, Death Note. That's what I want to do for this show. Okay. Just as a note. <laughs> the Weeper was Yinka O. I don't know how to say her last name. I'm so sorry. Okay. She was in War of the Gods and then some short movies. I don't want to butcher it. The gasp was Selena Lowe. She was in Boss Level, One Child, and the Lord of the Rings TV show. That's out now. The asphyx was Zachary Hing. He was only in Halo. Oh. That's it. Um, Meniker was Hayam Abbas. She was in Blade Runner 2049, Munich, and Succession. 
And Voight was Goran Bijnij. Uh, most known for ER, Practical Magic, and the girl with the dragon tattoo. Now, do you want a little summary? Oh, now I know who he is. Okay. What? Which one? Goran. No, which movie? The girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that wasn't Daniel Craig. Right. <laughs> exactly. Kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, do you want a little summary or no? Yes, I would love one of Carnage's famous five-second summaries. Riley stole a fancy Rubik's Cube and things went awry. <laughs> a fancy Rubik's Cube. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so pretty. That's definitely going in our next little sound bite for Instagram. <laughs> fancy Rubik's Riley Cube. stole a fancy Rubik's Cube. Um, why did you pick this movie? Um, I love Hellraiser. And what are you shaking your head at me No, for? I'm listening. I'm listening. And then I will follow up with another question. Just keep going. And we actually had somebody ask me if we'd done this one yet. And I realized that we hadn't, even though I saw it when it, like, the minute it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, yeah, we should do that. So that's why I picked it. That was way exciting for your voice. I don't remember if I liked the original or not. I just remember, like, scenes of it. And I'm like, I don't remember if I don't remember liking it. Do you remember if I liked it or not? The original? Yeah. I don't think you did. I think I made fun of it. I don't think you liked it. Yeah. All I remember is we ha- we we have the meats. Originally, I originally I wanted to have just Joe on this episode because just Joe mm. and Maverick. Well, I don't know about Maverick. I don't think Maverick likes this movie either, so she would have been on your side. Yeah. But just Joe um is a is a Hellraiser fan and we've seen all the terrible sequels together. So, oh, have you? So that's why I wanted to have them on, but Thank you, Just Joe, from saving on. me from having to watch the sequels. <laughs> Thank you. Are they really that bad, the sequels? Oh, they're so bad. Oh, my. You, like, you would hate me forever if I made you watch More one. More than I already do now? Yes. Okay. Like, I know, I know that you despise me and wish that the sun <laughs> would burn off my face. Yes. But... <laughs> And then I will cover you in kitty litter, as I found out. Yes, cover me in kitty litter so I don't smell. <laughs> um, Not that I can smell you, just so the neighbors don't find your body that quickly. I mean, come on, honestly. Right. You know, <laughs> give give you some time to get away with it, with my murder. <laughs> <laughs> Why am Technically, I... Technically, the, the sun would be murdering you if the sun's burning your face off. It's not me. <laughs> so... You're just going to cover up my body for some reason. So that neighbors don't smell you. I'm trying to be a polite neighbor. That's all. Oh, okay. It's all about politeness in this neighborhood. I see. You wouldn't call the cops (laughs) or alert people of my death. (laughs) You just cover my body with kitty litter. Yes. What are the cops going to do? Investigate the sun? I mean, come on. (laughs) Hey, Mr. Sun. You want to tell me where you were at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon? No. <laughs> you okay there? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, I am fine. Continue. This is all going in the highlights as well. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> I think we should probably get to the movie. I think we should talk go, about the movie. Go for it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, so I have some notes. Oh, God, not notes. Before we even get into it, you have notes? 
notes on the story so I remember it. Oh, okay, gotcha. I have Wikipedia. Don't be jealous. Yeah, I have Wikipedia too. <laughs> I, well, you know what I did is I took notes on the first half of this movie, then I stopped watching it, and I finished watching it on a different day and forgot that I had taken notes and didn't finish taking notes. So even when I try to be super organized and prepared, it doesn't work. First, we start out in Belgrade, Serbia, where a lady buys the box from the uh, from a random guy. I don't know. Um, and then we fast forward to the Berkshires, Massachusetts. A lovely place, if I may say so. Yes. A lovely place, um, a mansion belonging to hedonistic millionaire Roland Voigt. And this kid, Joey, comes across, well, he's kind of recruited by the lady who bought the box to go to a certain room uh, where he finds the box. And it's already... um, it's like, like a pedestal. Like it's up on a pedestal and it's already partially solved. Yeah. It's not a cube anymore. And That's he's so playing around with it and Roland Voigt shows up and he says, do I get something if I if I figure it out? And Roland Voigt says, well, I do. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I and... Um, Uh, so Joey solves it and a blade springs out of the box and stabs him in the hand. And then the box drinks his blood. Ew. Yummy. A portal opens from which chains fly out and they rip poor Joey apart. Ugh, God, this movie. (laughs) Poor, poor Joey. Poor, poor Joey. Doesn't it like jump like, is it six years later it jumps? Um, or six months. Oh, I was I was also gonna say that they come the Cenobites. The rich guy requests an audience with the Leviathan, who is a demon, and um, and then it jumps forward six years. Well, if you saw, but they will come. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'll behave. I promise. Whatever. <laughs> it's true. You solve the puzzle box, they come. That's how it is in my notes. They come. <laughs> so six years later, a guy saying I love you to a girl while they're doing it. Doing it. They come out of their room after doing it. And they're at her place where she lives with her brother, her brother's boyfriend, and her their other roommate. Nora. Nora. Yes. Yes. Riley's boyfriend is Trevor, who is kind of uncomfortable with the fact that they know he exists. He leaves. We don't know how long they've been together. The girl gets lectured by her brother. Riley gets lectured by her brother, Matt. Is she a recovering drug addict or alcoholic? I know she's one of the other. recovering drug addict. That's what it was. Because she met Trevor in AA. Yeah. I just want to say AAA, but I know that's not right. So then it goes to Trevor and Riley. They're hanging out smoking. He says, he tells her he has a chance to steal a shipping container and take what's inside for money. What? 
I thought you said sippy container. I'm thinking of sippy cup. Storage <laughs> container. No, no, you said shipping, but I heard sippy. Oh, shipping, yeah. No, I heard sippy, and I'm like, ooh, a sippy cup. I don't know why. It made me amused. I'm sorry. Okay, my, I was like, did I say my la- sippy No, container? my lack of hearing amuses me sometimes, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you said shipping. I just heard sipping. You heard sipping. A sipping container. Sure, why not? I don't know. I would have to break into a sipping container sometimes. <laughs> I bet it's real relaxing. I bet it is too. <laughs> um, let's see. Do, do, do. So. Well, they do have sipping containers at the Catalina Wine Festival. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want one of those sipping containers. Mama Chaos, I was saying how they've got sipping containers at the Catalina Wine Festival, and I want one of those. It's the Catalina wine mixer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm just kidding. It is, though. But that's from the movie Step Brothers, which they made the Catalina wine mixer after Step Brothers was a Oh, did they? Yeah, they made it a real so thing. funny. Oh, my gosh. It's a real thing now. But, yeah. Um, anyway. So, the next we see it's raining. They're drinking in the car. <laughs> And they decide to go for it. They're getting themselves pumped up to go steal, break into the shipping container. Because they're going to get some money. They're going to make some money out That's of this. That's right. They're going to make money for whatever's in there. God. So they break into the shipping container. It's completely empty except for a safe. So they're like, well, how are we going to break into this safe? We don't know the combination. So she takes a sledgehammer and she sledgehammers the lock off. Right. Which is pretty funny. Inside is another box. And inside that box is the puzzle box. It's like a Russian doll. <laughs> and we knew the shipping container belonged to this billionaire that no one's seen or heard from years. Right. He disappeared. The Voight. Voight. Voight is his name. Yes. We already mentioned Roland Voight, but he's disappeared in the, six, in the six years since this has gone on. And uh, it, let's see... But this is his safe with this box, with this puzzle box inside. Yes, it. it is. And they take it. He lets Riley have it. Dick. I know. He knows exactly what it is. And he lets He's her have it. He's in on this from the get-go with Voight. I mean, I don't even know how Voight found this guy, but... Yeah. <sighs> loser. Trevor's a loser. Trevor's a loser. And he's a dick for for... Trapping Riley into relationship just for the point of doing this. Uh, yeah. And like lying to her and like ugh, scum of the earth. Yeah, he is he is definitely the Chad. He's a Chad. For sure. A hundred percent. So she gets home drunk and her brother throws her out. Well, they have a huge dust up. Yeah, they huge have a huge fight. Because she's supposed to be in recovery, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like And it doesn't matter that that um, she was addicted to pills and now she's drinking. You're not supposed to do anything. anything. And you're definitely not supposed to be in a relationship with somebody from AA. Like that, and that's, yeah, that's... that's his problem with Trevor, really, is that yeah. he, he, they hooked up from AA. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah. So yeah, Trevor kicks her out. It's sad. Matt kicks her Matt out. Matt kicks her out. Sorry. Yeah, it is sad. And um, Matt's boyfriend, Colin, says, like, don't go. He's just mad. It's just a bad night. Like, come back. Yeah. You don't need to leave. He's not really going to kick you out. And she's just, but she's pissed. Well, she doesn't go very far. No, she drives to the local park. 
Well, isn't it? Is it okay? That's what I was going to ask you because I'm like, it seemed like they walked across the street and that was the park where it was right across the street from their apartment, was it? Or did she drive there? No, she because she was there with her car because she was getting stuff out of her trunk and then she found her pills and she dumped them on the street, but then she grabbed them all back up. Okay, I missed that. But I, I, I was watching this. I'll be admit, I was watching this during work. Mm. and I thought when he walked, like, because Matt goes to find her later, and I thought he walked out, and the park was right there. Mm-hmm. So I must have, he must have just known that that's where she hung out or something then. Yeah, I think, um, I think it was a pattern. She went there mm-hmm. to use pills. That makes sense then. Okay. Yeah. So she's on, um, what are those called? Merry-go-round? The merry-go-round. I love those things. I love them too, yeah. That was always my favorite thing. We're going like to the park. <laughs> yeah. Play on the merry-go-round. Um, she's on the merry-go-round and she's, the, the pills are kicking in when Matt gets there. She's got the puzzle box and she's playing around with it. Did she cut herself before he got there or after? Cause I know she cut herself first. She cut herself before. Okay. Because it wasn't out. on the box. Okay. She didn't cut herself on the box. Oh, Okay. He cut himself on the box. I know that, yeah. Because when she's playing with it, the the um, thing springs out, but it misses her hand. Okay. I and so she sets it down next to her, and she's just spacing out while the pills are working. Gotcha. And then her brother shows up, and he's trying to wake her up, and he grabs the box and accidentally cuts himself on it, because why would you <sighs> think that it would have, like, a it's knife a puzzle a blade box. coming out of it? Yes. So... Every good puzzle maker puts a knife in their box to trick you. Right. That's how they get you. Yeah. Rubik's cubes are notorious. For oh, yeah. That. They're like a fucking Swiss army knife of puzzle boxes. Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, be careful because you could get the microscope. But uh, what was that? Uh, the magnifying glass. Oh. Oh, but you could get the tweezers in your hand instead. <laughs> or the little saw blade. Oh, my God. The little saw blade. Okay. Now I think we need to make this toy. <laughs> we need to find an inventor that makes a dangerous Rubik's cube. That's also a Swiss Army knife. Agreed. <laughs> this absolutely should happen. But the, then the box absolutely should be... get fucking sued. <laughs> and the box should be made out of metal, so it's heavy and pointy. Oh, that's just taking it too far. That that's, just wants what you wanted to have a blade, but it can't but be making metal. It's just too far. Yeah. I mean, think of the people in the sweatshop that are going to make this box. We don't want them to get totally hurt. But the blade is still okay. <laughs> You're not talking about a plastic blade, to be clear. No, I'm not. T- Glass would be cool. Glass blade. But then you can only really use it once or twice, and then it'll break. But then they had to buy another one. But let me think of this for a little bit longer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. I don't remember where I was uh, Matt got cut. So he, he goes, goes into the bathroom to clean up. I liked Matt. While he's in the bathroom, we see an autograph on the wall of Tony Todd. Yes. And something else. There oh. was one other thing in the bathroom. I'll find it with my phone. It doesn't work. Give me one second. Keep talking. <laughs> um, so while he's in the bathroom, he starts hearing like whispers and like something's just off and he can tell like there's a there's a heaviness in the bathroom and he's looking around call the number two it's not number two (laughs) shut up 
it's looking he's looking around and then he hears some bubbling in the sink and he looks over to where he was cleaning up his hands and the sink is bubbling up with blood oh it's a um small drawing of the blair witch stick oh that wasn't that interesting but yeah there's the blair witch reference in there too if you like the blair witch they got you covered with that little easter egg (laughs) So he goes, his vision goes fuzzy. He starts feeling wobbly and then it goes back out to Riley and she hears him screaming from the bathroom. So she runs in to find him, but he's just gone. He's not anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, Cenobite, they sh- the pinhead, the mm-hmm. priest, does she show herself to Riley at some point too before this? Um, I thought she scared her and she passed out at one point. And I can't remember. She does, but the so the um so Colin and Nora show up. Um and they talk to Riley and Riley leaves thinking it's her fault and she goes to Trevor. They're getting it on and she sees a demon man. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Freaks her out. Yeah, and it freaks her out really bad. Um, she might have seen one when she was on the playground, I think before her brother showed up. Yeah, it says, um, she solves the box and avoids being cut by the blade. The son of bites, um, appear and demand she chose another sacrifice. Oh, okay. I missed that part. Yeah. I thought she blacked out when Matt found her. I didn't think it was from the drugs. I thought it was from the son of bites. Yeah. Cause they are kind of freaky. Well, she was saying later that the drugs were kicking in when Matt showed up. Oh. Well, she might have thought that Cenobites were drug-induced. She might have thought they were drug-induced hallucinations. Until he goes But she also says, they've never made me hallucinate before. That's true, too. Yeah. Good point. So. Samesies, Riley. Samesies. (laughs) You don't even know what she was taking. I don't know, either. I I, I can guarantee I've never taken it, probably, too, because I'm a wuss. (laughs) So they try to find, she goes to, so after she sees the demon, they're going to try to find out whose shipping container they broke into. So uh, they find the name on the shipping container. It's the lady from the beginning who bought the box, who worked for Voight. Yeah, Menneker. She's a lawyer. Yes. She a lawyer. (laughs) I'm a lawyer. She was the one who locked it up in the container. She tells them she's on oxygen. She's in like a nursing care facility or something. Why are you shaking your head Poor at me? Poor shame. No, you know. Oh, yeah. Should have used the box to get like longer life or something. I don't know. Better lungs. I don't you know. You never take the demon's offer. You always take the demon's offer. What are you talking about? Never take the demon's offer. So she tells him it's dangerous and it killed her boss. She says he used to see the demons as well, that he called them angels. But as she says, you'd think a devil would know a devil. <laughs> um, she asks Trevor to get her something. And so he leaves the room and she does that so she can try to take the box away from Riley. Yeah. Um, which they end up struggling over the box and then it accidentally stabs her with it. Ouch. Whoops. Um, they leave really, they grab the box and leave and the box changes again yeah. to the next configuration. Um, Medicare gets taken to the infirmary where she's then dragged to hell. 
Yes, I have her in my notes as Serena because that is her first name. Yeah, sorry, I have her by her last name because that's what IMDb had only had her last name was Meneker. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's Serena Meneker. So anyway, she goes to the facility doctor for her hand. They leave her alone. The Cenobites come. She tries to run away without her oxygen. She doesn't get very far. Um, but as she's running through, she runs like into the demon space, the Cenobite yes. space. And she comes past this like rotating circles of long rectangles of skin. It's like a little like fan or something. It's like, I don't know how to it's, describe it. We have it. the meats. Yes. <laughs> Disgusting. The demons surround her. Uh, one of them takes something out of the other's skinless, empty eye socket. Ugh. And, uh, where'd it go? And, ew, puts it on her tongue. Ugh. I was watching at this work, like I said, and I'm talking to customers, and I saw that. I'm like, oh, and he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, nothing. Sorry. Stubbed my toe. (laughs) (laughs) So Trevor tells Riley that she vanished. Riley wants to go to Voice Estate. Trevor doesn't want to go, so she goes by herself. I have questions at this point. Yes. The box people, the Cenobites. Yes. They tell her to choose another victim. Yes. Mac got cut. They took him. Right. Serena got cut. They took her. How many fucking people do they need? Well, every time they take one, then the box changes to another configuration, and then they have to kill somebody else. I don't and then understand the box changes why to another configuration. More and more people. It needs so many sacrifices before he can get to the final configuration where he can request a boon of the demons. Oh, God. Okay. Got it. Stupid. I love this movie. Yeah, he only killed Joey, though, as far as we know, to get his original boon. Right? Well, no. He would have had to have killed many people before Joey to get to the final. Joey was the final sacrifice. Oh, so he'd killed a couple. So we we assume that he killed a couple people before this. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense then. Thank you for clearing that up. You're welcome. (laughs) So... This place is overgrown. It's been abandoned, quote unquote, supposedly. supposedly, for six years. But she turns on the power. It The power's still running. Like, somebody's still paying the electric bill. Duh. Hello? Isn't that a clue that maybe you should just get, get the, the fuck, out. fuck out of Leave there? the box and go. Leave the box and go. And just be like, I'm not playing your little game. Well, See you later. I think at this point, she still thinks she can get Matt back. Yeah, she does. Because she does see a hallucination. Oh, not a hallucination, but like a vision of Matt. Like, you know. She does. Um, She thinks it's him and she runs up and gives him a hug. And then like the camera, whoops, the camera turns to his, to show his back is completely like devoid of skin. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I think at this point, that's why she doesn't get the fuck out is because she's like, okay, maybe I can just, I can find Matt and get him back. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that, but it's just like, hello, come on. Um, so she breaks in through a basement window, but she finds the room that the 
box was in before and she turns on the power. Mm -hmm. Um, She finds controls for the doors and the ceiling, like grates that come across the doors and across the big window in the ceiling. Like steel. They are made of fucking steel and stronger than shit. Yes. So... Um, she goes through his papers and she finds note, his notes on the box and the quote unquote angels mm-hmm. that he thinks they're angels. Well, to a sadomasochist, they would be an angel. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, hey, to Christian Grey, they are his heroes. Okay. Come on now. Oh, okay. Just I kidding. See. You know, the only, the only connection they have to that is from their outfits in the first movie which they only used for shock value because it wasn't as well known a thing back in the 80s and the demons actually looked in the hellbound heart and later in the scarlet gospels like the the demons in this one okay that's what they really looked like oh okay gotcha yeah i thought it's because they didn't have a big budget in the first one is what i was thinking it was no it was about shock value okay yeah but they also do get pleasure from pain though too so they take pleasure in other people's pain yes isn't that a sadist Yes. So that's why Christian Gay would get along famously with them. I'm just saying. It's different. Oh, my God. Stop. All right. I have to move on. You have to, because otherwise I'll just keep torturing you. Because I take pleasure in your pain. God, you're such an idiot. (laughs) After she hugs him and, and his back is missing... Uh, she sees it in the mirror. She drops him and turns to run, and she knocks right into Trevor and uh, Nora. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're here to bring her home. She says she isn't going home. Um, Colin stays to talk to her, and Trevor and Nora go upstairs. Trevor just wants to leave, but they decide to drink while they wait. Um, but then the Ruby says she doesn't drink and Trevor says he's going to the bathroom. So Nora starts fiddling with the switches behind the bar and she finds a hidden door. She finds a hidden door and she goes through it. Of course, Riley explains the final configuration grants an audience with what, what, um, uh, Voight calls God Mm -hmm. who gives you a choice of things that you can ask for boons that he will grant you. But of course it's Leviathan. He's talking to who is a demon. So yeah. But one of them is Lazarus, which is raising him the dead, which she thinks if she can, she thinks get Leviathan to, to raise Matt from the dead. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's her end game. Um, so then Nora gets trapped behind the wall. Trevor comes back and hears her pounding on the secret door that doesn't have any way to get out of it. From... Mm-hmm. And um, he's trying to help her out, but none of the switches seem to be working. And while she's panicking behind the door in the dark, uh, she gets stabbed in the back with the box. By Voight, who's hiding. Yes. Who grabbed the box and is hiding now. Yes. He's hiding in the house, pretending that he's dead, but he's not. And he's got this, like, um, how would you explain what this is? It's twisting his nerves, but is it kind of like a mechanical thing? It's a mechanical device. It's very, like, it reminded me strongly of steampunk. 
Okay. It's, it's a golden mechanical device that is directly inserted through his chest area. Like, it sticks out of his back and his front. And it's actually grabbing his nerves oh. and, and winding them up and causing him insane amounts of pain. And he says... Um, like it's it's always hard enough that he never gets used to it, so it never eases off. I have another question. Yes. Do you remember from your notes or from the movie itself? Who is it that tells Nora? Was it Meneker? Was it uh, Voight? Was it somebody else that told uh, Riley that the gifts that the that the Cenobites give are always twisted? That was um, Ser- Serena. Medica. It was Serena. That's all it yes. is. They give you gifts, but they're always but a they're twisted always gift. Twisted, yes. Which, obviously, with uh, Voight, he wanted the... He wanted lust. He wanted the 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 gift of pleasure. He wanted sensation. Was that, that was, what it was? That was the gift he picked. He oh, thought it okay. would mean pleasure. He didn't realize it would mean pain. I don't know why not. He seems kind of unintelligent. He's a billionaire. I mean, he doesn't have to. You know. <laughs> he completely, like, interprets the Cenobites completely wrong. <laughs> I don't know why. It seems like it would be obvious, but... Apparently not. Apparently not. So she, the roommate, Nora, she's Liminal. been... St- She's been stabbed with the box and she's running through this tunnel uh, and she ends up collapsing in the room. They find her and they grab her and drag her out of the house and back to Trevor's van. Everybody piles in Trevor's van and they start out for the exit. Um, They're driving like a bat out of hell and the gate is closed, but then it magically opens for them. Mm-hmm. So they keep going, um, but then they realize that they missed a turn. Riley's yelling at him that, that she was just here, you have to go to the right. And he's like, no, I was just here too. And she's like, no, you have, you're missing it. You've got, they have a whole argument. Well, because I think, I think secretly at this point, Trevor is still in on it like he's yeah still, yeah he's still in on it like i'm surprised he even took them away from the you know, like even when he was trying to find the switch for the room you know what i mean like yeah how hard was he really trying he knows the switch to those rooms i mean yeah right yeah sorry he was yeah he's still in on it at this point so um he's driving them straight but then he does turn around and try to take them back but he's going the wrong way And it's interesting because you see these, like, openings, like the road opens up. Mm -hmm. Like, if they had gone a couple feet more, the road would have opened up underneath their van. But because they turned around and went back the way they came looking for this neighborhood that Riley says is there, they missed the opening in, in the ground. So, like, I don't know if he... At this point, I think he's genu- genuinely scared and wants to get away. I think he's panicking. Yeah. Yeah, okay, maybe. Um, he's still in on it, but 
he just wants to get the heck away because he doesn't want to be there at all. Right. He doesn't want to get caught in the middle of it. He just wants to leave them. I'm surprised he didn't just leave them behind and leave himself, honestly. I'm surprised he didn't, too, although they would have still at least had Riley's car. Yeah. Because he's like, no, we have to go back for Riley's car. And so he does end up, he must be like, okay, when he gets a little bit of a cooler head about it, like, okay, I have to take them back. Yeah. So he takes them back. But Nora, while she's in the van, before they even crash. Yes. She's, it's weird because it's like in her mind, but it's actually happening. But her body's still there until it's not. Yeah, Nora is seeing seeing something completely different. She's like somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, And they they grab her with the chains like they always do and like lean her backwards and Pinhead comes and pulls a pin out of her head and it's like this really, it's really long. And I love the detail that on the end of the pin isn't just like a flat nail head, but it's actually like a little pearl, like a, like a pin from a pin cushion. Right. It's really, um, I like that a lot. I liked that little detail. And they, she, oh, she sticks it through her neck and you see inside her throat oh. as she's screaming and yeah, it's, it's something. Gruesome. And then they flare. They do. They flare a lot. But here's my question. Is she, is her body gone from the van then when they crash? Or yes. Her they see her gone. like destroyed body. No, she's gone. She just disappeared. She just disappeared. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's what they do. They take her to their dimension, and then you're gone. And then when they're running back, they, they see the rest of the Cenobites. Oh, and they even run into the priest, mm-hmm. um, where she confronts Riley about two more, still needing two more sacrifices. Yes. Yes. She says uh, she has to choose two more sacrifices or become a victim herself. Um, t- Trevor... They, they're trying to get away from the Cenobites. The Cenobites are advancing on Riley and Trevor, and they get caught behind the grate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like they're stuck between the grate and the wall. And Trevor tries to push the chatter Cenobite's head away from the wall, but his hand slips off of it, giving the chatter a chance to bite him on the arm. Right. I like this one. I think that's when Riley uses the box. Is it the uh, the asphyx she kills? But she takes she takes the box and actually stabs one of the Cenobites with it. Yeah. And then the chains come down just like they would for one of them. Yeah. And flays the thing. Like, okay, well, use Cenobites. That's fine. Yeah. Didn't know we could use them as victims as sacrifices. Perfect. That's never been done before. That's perfect. That works. People we don't know and care about and are trying to kill us, we'll do it. Yeah. So, um, Voight appears and stabs Colin with the box. Voight reveals that he sought new pleasurable sensations after completing all of his sacrifices, but his reward was a contraption attached to him that twists his nerve endings, leaving him in constant pain. He completes the final configuration and uses the switches to the doors to trap the Cenobites inside the house Mm -hmm. but still at a far enough distance away from him that he's safe and he demands they ask leviathan leviathan to free him from his steampunk 
chest gift. Take back his gift. Yes. He doesn't like the gift anymore. And then, and the priest says, no, once you cross a threshold, there's no going back. The only thing you can do is cross another threshold. Well, he, she said he could, she could change in his gift, trade in his gift for something else. Yeah. But she does say that too. Yeah. That's true. Um, and she says, but, uh, so they have a back and forth and then she says, okay, well you can trade in your gift for something else. And so he says, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> Cause he's an idiot. Oh, fucking Lord. So Leviathan appears in the sky above the mansion. Riley retrieves the box and unlocks the steel doors, letting in the Cenobites. Riley saves Colin from torture by stabbing Trevor with the box, mm-hmm. choosing him as the new final sacrifice. Because they find out about his... Because they find out that he was doing him dirty. Right, because White tells him, you were, you know, he like directly says, you were supposed to you know, take care of this. And he's like, well, I got them here still. They're yeah. here. And they, that's how they knew that. He's a fucking traitor. Yep. He's Trader he's been, Joe. He's been doing all of this because he's on Void's payroll. Trader. Yeah. So the priest tells Void that um, she, that she offers him power. That she says, okay, so all of your conquests have all been about power. Our power comes from um the dominance over others and the pain that we inflict. So we can give you, we can offer you our power Mm -hmm. and he accepts because he's a dumbass. (laughs) Um, so he's released from the contraption. It falls apart and then falls out of him. And, um, and then his chest heals back his spine, re knits and everything goes back to where it was supposed to be. And he's whole again, and and he's momentarily free of pain. So he's happy. Um, But he's immediately impaled with a large chain by Leviathan and dragged up into the sky. Yay! With the sacrifices completed, the Cenobites tell Riley they can resurrect Matt as a gift. But Riley refuses to have any gift because she remembers Serena telling, Serena telling her that the gift is always twisted mm-hmm. and that instead she will just accept Matt's death. So the priest tells her that by choosing to live with her guilt and loss, she has effectively chosen the gift of lament. The box... Like, Bitch, I don't want a gift. Go away. <laughs> yeah. The box reverts to its cube configuration, configuration and the Cenobites disappear. Um, Riley and Colin leave the mansion. Um, he asks her if she made the right choice, but she just stays silent. I mean, she did, but, but it's still a terrible choice. Right. She had no choice. There was no, there was no no good choice going back. Yeah. Yeah. Inside Leviathan, Voight undergoes a brutal transformation into a new Cenobite where his skin is peeled away in pretty strips and he screams a lot. And now he's a Cenobite. Great. Great. Cenobite Esholio. Yes. As we all call him in my condo. <laughs> Just kidding. Interesting pick. Thank you. 
I actually enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it more than the last one. Really? Yes. Um, I like this. I thought the costume for the Cenobites was awesome. It was so good. Um, and I just enjoyed the story more. Like, I don't know. I just enjoyed it more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still am not a fan of the flames. I don't know why. I oh, you. That. It just it gives me that, like, that visceral reaction. Like, oh, you can kind of feel it on your back. So I play like, you, you know, you shudder. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I thought, I, I, I don't know. I just love the puzzle box. Mm-hmm. I know, me too. I was really happy that they included it, so, like, so much of it in the mm-hmm. story. It was so, you saw it so much, and it did things, and it wasn't just this passive box that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it was cool. And I like the story better this time, too, and I don't know, I just, uh... Yeah, well, I will say this movie did not leave me unaffected. This is the second time I've seen this movie, but... I think it creeped me out more the second time than it did the first time. I couldn't even put my finger on why it creeped me out um, so much. I just was left very unsettled when I finished it. And, uh, yeah, I was just, I don't know. I was very unsettled by it. But it was still really good. I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, very good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the first one always has a special place in my heart, but I see that it's not as sophisticated as this one, I would mm-hmm. say. And I liked the costuming. I liked the Cenobites better. Um, and, I mean, no hate. I love Doug Bradley as the original Pinhead, and I always will. <laughs> but I thought Jamie Clayton did an excellent job. She really did. Mm-hmm. And the Cenobites were more androgynous this time around, and that's how they were supposed to be. Very much so. You couldn't tell if they were male or female at all. Yeah. So, yeah, because even even the priest, I was like, wait, is she a female this time? No, she's a male. Wait, no. Wait. <laughs> I di- and I didn't, I didn't even know until I went and looked at casting. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah, I was, I was a female, but, yeah. You know. Did you know Jamie Clayton is trans? I did not know that, no. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So should we rate this then, I guess? Yeah, let's, um, well, let me see. There's, I have some trivia. Oh, yes. Oh, and I've got fan fiction. Duh. Our audience members asleep on a plastic bag. It's adorable. Yeah. I know. I have all the places she could sit. She picks that. But yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so I'm so excited for Cocaine Bear. I just saw a thing for it. <laughs> I read a, an article about it with the guy who wrote the screenplay. Yeah. He said he never thought that movie would get made. <laughs> yeah, Doug Bradley was a big fan of um, the of Jamie Clayton's lead Cenobite, who is better known as the Hell Priest. Um, what's his name? Never really liked the the name Pinhead. Doug Bradley, but it just kind of stuck. No, not oh, Doug Clive Bradley. Barker. Clive Barker, yeah. yes. Oh, okay. So there are six configuration configurations of the box, which represent its six gifts, which means that there have to be six sacrifices. Okay. And so every time, so the first time Voight got an audience, he'd killed six people. Gotcha. Every time he got an audience? Every time he got an audience with Leviathan, oh, okay. he'd have to do it all like people. over again. He'd have to kill six people. Got it. Okay. Oh, yes, and there's um, a Hellraiser 
comics that came out in the 2010s where Kirstie Cotton ended up turned into a female version of Pinhead and took her his place as leader of the Cenobites. Oh, okay. Um, and of course, we have such sights to show you is an homage quote to the original Hellraiser film. If you haven't seen the original Hellraiser, we've already done an episode on it, and you should definitely take a little, take a watch, even if it's not like your favorite thing. Check it out. I think it's still worth seeing. Worth yeah, watching. it is. No, it is. I'm just a bitch. So <laughs> you sure are. Yeah. Hey, I like what I like. You like, and that's this all movie. that I like. Yeah, but I'm not a fan of the original. Oh, yes. So as of this reboot, now all the primary Golden Age slasher icons of the 70s and 80s have been remade. Hmm. We've had Leatherface of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise in 2003, Michael Myers of Halloween in 2007, Jason Voorhees of Friday the 13th in 2009, Freddy Krueger of A Nightmare on Elm Street in 2010, Chucky of Child's Play in 2019, and now Penn had in 2022. Mm, okay. And as they point out... um. Only Pinhead has been portrayed as a genderless character in their remake, making it more like the character as written by the original author, Clive Barker. Um, this movie took 16 years to make. Well, not from start to finish. But it like... was stuck in development hell and, and had multiple delays, which spanned 16 years. Do you know when they started filming for it, though? Because, I mean, it... Um, <laughs> filming took place in Bulgaria in 2021. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, this was originally, though, scheduled for a September 5th, 2008 release. Yeah, I think we got the whole, the word lament means to grieve thing. Everybody got that, right? Lament means to grieve. Why are you asking me that? Because it's in the trivia. Mm. It says, this makes sense with regard to the end of the film, as the main character chooses a life of grief as opposed to asking for a favor from the Cenobites. Hence, the puzzle box goes back to its original form, the grief stage, the lament configuration. Gotcha. I think okay. we all got that. All right. Um, I think that's about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um, rate, and then we'll do fan fiction. Okay. Or fan fiction, then rate. Um, no, we rate first. Okay. You got this. Um, I'm. Um, I'm gonna give it a solid eight. I think it deserves an eight. Okay. I thought it was scary. And uh. I liked the characters. Um, I liked the story. I cared about the characters. So, yeah. I thought it was scary as well. Um, especially considering, like, the difference between the first and the, the, this one. The re- is it a remake? Reboot? It's a reboot, I guess. Requel? I, I'm never a sure requel. anymore. No, it's it's a reboot. Okay. So, um, compared to last one, I like it far superior. It was much scarier to me. Um, love the costumes. I'm pretty close to you. Um, I have to give points off for the flame. Which it is, it is incredibly great way to die, but it's also a little graphic. It's a terrible way to die. Well, you know what I mean, though. Like, it's a great way to kill somebody. But um, So I'm going to go like a 7.891. So okay. pretty close. Very close to you. So All right. Um, and as far as fan fiction goes, of course, there's hundreds of fan fiction on fanfiction.net, but it's all under Hellraiser, like all the sequels, prequels, like, uh, everything is uh-huh. under one roof. So if you want real Hellraiser 2022, go to archive of our own. There are 18 different works in there. Most of them are completed. And a lot of them are compared to like, um, other horror movies, like 
some of them are just genuine Hellraiser 2022, and some of them are like cross with like Scream and Outer Banks and things like that. So, and Halloween movie, but um, go check it out. So for sure, interesting. I think fun. Excuse like there's me. no Ed, Ed, and Eddie or anything, but you know you get what you get. So <laughs> okay, but that's all I got for you. Sounds good. Should we pimp and get the fuck out then? Oh, can I have one thing to pimp? Okay. What do you want? I you just want to wish our Maverick a very, very happy birthday. Happy birthday. Because she's not here with us today. No, so. she couldn't be here. Yeah. So happy birthday, Mav. All right. Uh, we are part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Morbidlybeautiful.com is your place for all things horror. And they have a great podcast network. So if horror is your thing and you're looking for more podcasts about it, you know, check out our link in the show notes because uh, you will find a lot of great podcasts. Just looking to see what what's going on in Morbidly Beautiful right now. There's, uh, let's see, all kinds of things. Anyway. Um, oh, I actually found a, an article that I really liked. It, it was called, If You Like Megan, Try These the PG-13 Horrors. Had some classics, had some newer ones that I hadn't seen. It was interesting. I think there's a couple of them that I'm going to watch. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway what else oh if you want to get in contact with us we are on all the social medias we are we have we're on facebook we have a facebook group we're on instagram we're on twitter we're on slasher and we're on good pods so if you're on those places come join us for talk about horror and lots of memes lots of funny memes lots of memes yes we have the memes we have the memes (laughs) for sure um if you would like to support us but you don't have a lot of money, we understand that. Neither do we. But we can always use a review. So wherever you listen, just drop us a review. It doesn't have to take more than five minutes. We really appreciate it. And also, if you do have Cash to Flash, we have a merch store that's linked in the show notes. So go check that out. And um, that's it from me, Chaos. I'll just say uh, thanks for listening and stay bloodthirsty, friends. Good night from Carnage. And as always, we're filmed in front of a live studio audience of sleepy kitties. Mew. Oh. Actually, she just vomited. So. Ew. Wow.